Let's start this morning by talking to the person who prayed for rain yesterday. Your prayer was answered. You have a praise report. Let me encourage you as we begin the new year 2021, make a commitment to being in a worship service every Sunday. Let's make a commitment in the year, the new year, to being part of a worship gathering each and every Sunday of the year. Just a few weeks ago, near the end of 2020, researchers at Gallup, they spoke with about 1,000 Americans. And they asked the people who responded to the survey to rate their own mental health. Researchers did the same thing at the end of the year 2019. Then Gallup compared how people rated their own mental health at the end of the year 2020 with, versus the year 2019. So after speaking to these 1,000 people, they began to split out the groups into different demographics. So they looked at men as a group, they looked at women as a group. Then they regrouped people by politics. They looked at Republicans and Democrats and independents. They broke up these 1,000 people by gender. They broke them up by income level. They broke them, uh, they divided them out by marital status. They even split these 1,000 people up evaluating how people rated their own mental health. They divided them out by how many times they attended a worship service, how frequently they attend worship services. They looked at people who say they never attend a worship service. They looked at people who said they seldom attend a worship service or people who occasionally attend a worship service. No matter how Gallup researchers divided up these 1,000 people, who they asked to rate their mental health in 2020 compared to 2019, every single demographic saw a decrease in the number of people who rated their mental health as excellent in 2020 compared to 2019. Every single group saw a drop in the percentage of people who rated their mental health as excellent. And when we think about the politics and the protests and the pandemic and the wildfires, we can understand why this might be. There's an explanation. Every group saw a decrease except for one. In this entire survey, there was one group in which there was an increase in the percentage of people who rated their mental health as excellent, an increase in 2020 over 2019. The only group that saw an increase, people who reported attending a worship service every week. Being part of a worship service like the one that you and I are in right now, where we sing praise to our Heavenly Father, we pray together, we gather around the teaching of the Word, we believe in case there is any misunderstanding, we believe that that makes a real difference in your life. We believe you are better for it. And here is the excellent news for you and for me. You have already been to every single worship service in the year 2021. 
Every Sunday that we've had church this year, you've been here. You're undefeated. You're one for one. Keep up the streak. Let's make 2021 the year that you and I choose to live in community together. This is a great week for you to be here at People's Church if you're new, or maybe you haven't been with us in a while and you're back. Maybe you're visiting, no matter what brings you in today. This is a great week to be here at People's Church because today we are launching our week of prayer and you are absolutely invited to join in with us. You don't need to be a member to participate. Everyone can take part in this week of prayer. We believe in a special emphasis on prayer as we start the new year because what many of us have discovered, good things happen when we start with prayer. Start the day with prayer. Start the meeting with prayer. Start the meal with prayer. Start the year in prayer, in conversation with your Heavenly Father. Some of you in this room, you are what we would describe as a prayer warrior. You are up before the sun. Some of you would pin that time at 4 a.m. or 4.30. You have your Bible open. You are on your knees crying out to your Heavenly Father. You have a prayer journal. You keep a notebook of prayers answered. Maybe you mark them somewhere in your Bible. One of the things that's so great about you is that when you tell someone you are going to pray for them, they know that you're going to pray for them. You know, sometimes we, someone says to us, I will pray for you, and we're not quite sure. There are other people, and you know them, if they say, I'm going to pray for you, you know they are going to pray for you. There's another group of us, people who would say, I should pray, or I should pray more. And for a while now, you've had intentions of increasing your daily prayer time. Perhaps for a long time now, you've had intentions of starting that tomorrow, and then tomorrow, and then tomorrow. And you would say that your prayer life is not where you want it to be. There is yet another group, and if this is you, we're thankful that you're here, we're thankful that you're watching, we're thankful that you're listening to the podcast, you would admit, if you were honest, that you are skeptical about prayer. You might think, perhaps there's some positive benefit, maybe it helps the person who's praying feel better emotionally, but you really wrestle with this concept that you could speak out loud to God who's in heaven and that no matter where you do it, that he listens. And you really wrestle with the concept that you could do this and your act of con having a conversation with God actually could impact an outcome, could change the trajectory of a situation. That's, a, for some, a very difficult concept to get your mind around. So we acknowledge that we're all at different places on the spectrum of how we view and how we practice prayer, conversation with our Heavenly Father. Wherever you are on that spectrum today, first of all, we're thankful you're here. Secondly, I believe God has something for each of us to say from his word today. We're going to look at two sentences that were written by one of Jesus' closest disciples. Just two sentences. 
And my goal for us as we look at these two sentences is that you will have a confidence that God listens and acts when you pray. These two sentences, if we really press into them, they have the potential to solidify or give you a new confidence that your conversation time with God is time well invested. So let me give you these two sentences. Here we go. First John chapter five, we're gonna be starting with verse 14. I invite you to open up your word or turn it on. If you can choose, we're gonna be in the ESV version today. First John chapter five, verse 14. This is the confidence that we have toward him. That if we ask anything, According to his will, he hears us. This is the confidence we have toward him. John's talking about Jesus. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now, I just said it, but if, just to make sure you're listening. Who wrote this? John. If I didn't give it away, the title gives it away. First, John. Some of you know all about John. If you don't, that's okay. We're going to talk more about John because it's important who wrote this in just a moment. What you need to understand first is that what John writes is revolutionary for some people. What John writes in some parts of our world would be controversial. Because John says you can speak to God and he will listen. Do you realize that there are many belief systems on our planet that do not believe in this? They do not believe this concept that right here where you are, you could start talking to your heavenly father and, you will, and he will listen. There are many belief systems that would say you have to go to a temple, you have to go to a special religious authority or a priest. You, you can't do it directly. And even then, these other belief systems would teach that God really doesn't care about you as an individual. In fact, he's distant, he's unknowing, he's too big to really care about you. So this statement that God listens when you pray, is revolution, it was revolutionary and even controversial when John wrote it 2,000 years ago, and for some, it's revolutionary today. John does not stop there. It gets even better. John says you can speak to God, he listens, and watch, here's where it gets better, verse 15. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request we have asked of him. John is confident that if we speak words to God in the name of Jesus, and ask anything according to his purposes, we will have what we request. John, the person who wrote this, don't miss this, has a unique authority in making this declaration. Before we talk more about John, let's make sure we understand John's position. John's position is this. John is confident that God hears prayers and provides what we ask for according to his will. That's John's position. And we acknowledge today it's not the only position out there. 
This is the confidence we have, John says. Well, what are you confident in, John? Or more appropriately, who are you confident in, John? John would say him, Jesus. What are you confident about, John? God has a will, which simply means that he has a purpose for this world. He has a purpose for followers of Christ, which means he has a purpose for you. What does this all mean? When we make requests that are in alignment with God's purposes for the world, we will have what we ask for. Just let that soak in for a minute. Wow. Let's talk about John and his special authority on this topic. Jesus' public ministry lasted for only about how long? Three years, less than the time it takes most people to finish high school. During those three years, three people were in Jesus' inner circle. Peter, James, and John, who wrote this. If you consider the billions and billions of people who have lived on this planet since the beginning of time, it's a fun Google search, how many people have ever lived on this earth? If you consider the billions of people who, who have ever lived on this earth, a very small percentage ever got to interact with Jesus. Very, very few ever got to see Jesus, God, fully man, fully God, Jesus, fully God, fully man, walk the earth. Very, very few people. John is one of few people in history who interacted face to face with Jesus. Not only is he among the few who got to interact face-to-face -face with Jesus, he was among the 12 who we would now call apostles. Not only was John one of the 12 apostles, he was one of the inner three. That John. John was there when Jesus taught the crowds. John was there when Jesus healed the sick. John was there when Jesus set free the demon-possessed. John witnessed Jesus refute or confront the religious elite. John was there as the disciples were trained. John was there. John witnessed Jesus do the miraculous. John was a witness to Jesus suffering and dying on the cross. And then a few days later, John, with his own eyes, saw the resurrected Christ. So John has a special authority on this topic. And he writes this as he opens this letter that we've been looking at today, 1 John. John opens this letter saying this about Jesus. We have seen him with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched Jesus with our hands. Now today, we have all these ways to communicate. Mailbox, inbox, phone, FaceTime, work email, school email, personal email, Facebook Messenger, Twitter direct messenger, Instagram private messenger, Marco Polo, Snapchat private story. <laughs> all these ways to communicate. And still, there's nothing like face-to-face -face communication. For better or worse. Nothing like face-to-face. -face. When we talk face-to-face, -face, we can hear the inflection 
and tone in the voice of the person who's speaking with us. As we're speaking, we can see their face react to the words that come out of our mouth. We can offer a mint if their breath is stinky. That's a friend, by the way. Brother, you need a mint. You need a gum. Let me help you. Think about all that comes with in-person conversations. It is a full sensory experience. John knew the sound of Jesus' voice. Like if John was facing this way and five people were talking over there, John knew when Jesus was talking. He knew what it sounded like when Jesus spoke words. John knew what it was like to talk with Jesus and watch Jesus' facial expressions. John knew the feeling of Jesus touching his shoulder or touching his back to emphasize a point. John knew the feeling of asking Jesus a question and Jesus looking him in the eyes and saying, no. And that John writes this. This is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So again, John's special authority on this topic of speaking to Jesus. John did not write about having this confidence the day after he watched Jesus feed the 5,000. John did not write about this confidence the day after he observed Jesus heal the man at the pool of Bethesda, the paralyzed man. John does not write this even the week after Jesus calmed the storm. John is an old man. He is an elderly man when he writes about having a confidence that we can speak to Jesus and expect a response. John wrote this decades after those events I just listed. John wrote this decades after the death and resurrection of Christ. It's like someone coming up to an elderly Apostle John. The historians believe that John likely died in a city called Ephesus. So whatever the equivalent in Ephesus was of a senior home, someone coming up to the elderly John and saying, wow, you are the Apostle John? You walked with Jesus? You talked with Jesus? Amazing. John, you know what it's like for someone to ask Jesus a question and have Jesus answer their request. And John listens in this hypothetical situation, maybe cracks a half smile as this person is describing the past tense privilege of being able to speak to Jesus. And John lovingly shakes his head and says, no, it's not just for past tense. I believe you can still do this today, he might tell that person. You can still, today, speak to Jesus, have a confidence that he's listening, and have an expectation that he is going to respond. Decades after John could see, hear, or touch Jesus, John is still confident that Jesus is listening. John is still confident that Jesus is acting upon his requests. 
If that wasn't extraordinary enough, think about this. When you think about the timeline of John's life, John spoke with Jesus in prayer far more than in person. Over the full course of John's life, he spoke to Jesus far more in prayer than in person. All you have to do is think of the math. The on earth, human to human interaction between Jesus and John, as you already said, lasted only a few years. There was that moment when Jesus said to John, John, drop your nets. John is a fisherman. John, drop your nets. Come and follow me. The time between that event and when Jesus suffered and died on the cross, that was only a few years, three years. John lived for decades after the death and resurrection of Christ. So just by doing the simple math, we know that John spent far more time in his lifetime speaking to Jesus in prayer than in person. Now some of us, as we're talking about having a confidence that we can speak to God in the name of Jesus and expect that he's listening and have a response, some of you, the wheels are turning in your mind and you're thinking about that moment or moments in your life when you prayed and you did not get the outcome that you prayed for. And this may have been a major disappointment in your life. What we see on the pages of the Old Testament and the New Testament and what many of us have experienced in our lives that so often God allows or even directs an outcome that is different than what we desire. Sometimes, for weeks, months, years, decades even, we are left to wrestle with why? Why, God? Why? And other times, what some of us, many of us, most of us have experienced is that when we allow for some patience and let it all play out, God delivers an even better outcome than what we initially prayed for. Some of you ladies in this room, you are thankful that you did not end up with the man you prayed you'd be your husband when you were in high school. You say, thank you, Father, your wisdom surpasses my own, because you've seen him on Facebook. Some of you are nodding your heads. <laughs> As we start the new year, let me give you five areas of prayer, and we'll do this quickly, five areas of prayer that when you bring these requests to God, you will always get a yes. Always get a yes. If you pray these areas over your year, 2021, when we get to December 31st, 2021, you will be able to share how you experienced God's yes in every single one of these areas. The first one, forgiveness of sin. Forgiveness of sin. And we're gonna look at how John wrote about each of these areas in this same letter, 1 John. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he, our heavenly Father, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If God did only this for us, 
if God did only this for us, it would be more than enough. Our sin, it separates us from our loving Heavenly Father. And the consequence of sin is for us to spend an eternity in this awful place without God called hell. But God loves you so much that he sent his one and only son to suffer and die on the cross, not for his own sin, but for your sin. And so God says, I will forgive you of your sin. And beyond that, I will cleanse you of all the times that you have thought things, spoken words, and done things that are against him. I will forgive your sins, and I will cleanse you from unrighteousness. Next thing we can bring to God and always get a yes, becoming more like Christ. Becoming more like Christ. Father, help me become more like Christ. 1 John 2, 6. Whoever says he abides in Jesus ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. This simply means if we are followers of Jesus, strive to live like Jesus. Father, help me to become more like Jesus. Respond the way that Jesus would respond. Care the way that Jesus cares. Love the way that Jesus loves. Forgive the way Jesus forgives. And how about this one? Be repulsed by sin in the way Jesus was repulsed by sin. Father, help me to become more like Jesus. By the way, we never reach the finish line of this, this side of eternity. We never reach a point where we can say, I'm as much as Jesus, as much like Jesus as I can ever hope to be. We always can grow. Next request, we can, always, we can bring to God and always get a yes. Reject what God is against. Father, help me to reject what you are against. 1 John 2.15, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now here, loving the world means to attach your worth, your joy, or your happiness to things like your stuff, your achievements, your habits, even selfish sexual desires. So to bring this to God in prayer is to say, Father, I have tried to find fulfillment in selfish sexual relationships, in pornography, accumulating stuff, promotions at work, Friday night parties. But you can tell God what I've realized is that I only regret those parties on Saturday morning. I found those to ultimately be empty. Father, help me in the name of Jesus to find freedom from loving what is not from you. Another request we can bring to God and always get a yes, asking him to help you love people. Father, help me love people. First John, once more, first John, this time chapter three, verse 11, for this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. When we ask God to help us love people, he is faithful to help us get there. And some of you 
have a hatred in your heart. This is personal. Maybe you've never admitted it out loud. You have a hatred in your heart for a person, or you have a hatred in your heart for a group of people. That hatred is not from God. It's not from him. And so for you to pray this is to say, Father, help me to forgive them, even though perhaps what they've done is terrible. If you were to stand up here and explain what they've done, we would agree with you. What they've done is terrible. But there comes a time when it's, we need to ask our Heavenly Father to help us forgive, not for their sake, but for our sake. Father, help me to forgive them. Father, you know about the prejudice that I have in my heart. And this may be a generational thing. There are times when prejudices are passed on from one generation to the next because of things that were spoken in your home. Father, help me to heal this prejudice in my heart because I know that every person is a child of God. There's not a person on this planet who is not your son or daughter that you don't desire to have reconciled relationship with. Last one I'll bring up today. A request you can bring to God and always get a yes. Give generously. Father, help me to give generously. First John chapter 3, this time verse 17. If anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? John, inspired by the Holy Spirit, challenges us here. If we have, and then our path crosses someone who has not, we are in that moment faced with a question. Will we use our resources to serve the one who is in need? Now, yes, there are times that we can live this out right here in our own city. In addition, one of the great ways, Jennifer and I believe that we do this, one of the great purposes that we wanna be a part of is our missions giving. Because this verse said, if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? So this talks about recognizing that there are other people who are in need. And we believe the greatest need that any person has on this planet is to hear the message that Jesus Christ died for their sins and Jesus is their hope for now and for eternity. And do you know that there are still billions, with a B, still billions of people on this planet who have a need to hear that message? So we believe in setting aside a portion of our resources to help meet that need around this world. God, forgive my sin. Father, help me to become more like your son, Jesus Christ. Father, help me reject what you are against. God, help me love people. Help me give generously. For these prayer requests, God's answer is always yes. What we've seen today, God answers yes when we ask to receive his forgiveness, become more like Christ, 
reject what he is against, love people, and give generously. Whether you are a brand new Christian or you have been following Christ for many, many years, if you pray this over your 2020, you will experience God's yes. Well, there are areas where we can count on yes, no matter what we pray, John assures us that we can ask God about anything. You don't have to hold back anything from God. What you can't talk about with any other person on, in this world, you can talk to God about that. The deepest, darkest things that you wouldn't confess anywhere else, you can confess that to your Heavenly Father. You can talk to God about anything. And John gives us an assurance that we can talk to God about anything, and God's going to listen. And sometimes, God is, when we ask questions, sometimes God is going to answer yes. Sometimes he's going to answer no. And sometimes the answer is not yet. Not yet. Who said, keep knocking? Who said that? Jesus. Jesus said, keep on knocking. Your prayer request that's from God, that's, that's for God's way, for God to act in that situation, for God to reach out to that person, keep on knocking. Keep on knocking. And some of you, maybe it's just one person in this room or one person watching, you need this encouragement today. It's been something you have been praying about for weeks, months, years, or decades. And you're discouraged. You feel like giving up. Keep knocking. Keep believing it's going to happen. As we launch into this week of prayer, we have prepared this prayer guide for you. It's a half sheet, and it will tuck into your Bible. Many of you received this as you came in today. If you did not get one of these, we want you to have one. Our ushers have some in the back. Would you lift up a hand, and we would be honored to serve you one of these right now. This week of prayer guide gives very simple, yeah, just keep your hands up until they come and serve you. There's a few right down here in the front. Thank you, guys. As they're passing those out. This prayer guide offers very simple yet powerful prayer points for each day of the coming week, actually beginning with today. And then on the back, when Mark prepared these, he left you a place where you can write down the specifics of how you are going to pray over that request or that prayer point this week. So for example, Sunday, today, the prayer point is to pray from lost to found. Pray unbelieving family members and friends will come to faith in Jesus. So on the back, where it says Sunday, you can write down the names of the people who you are praying for. Your family members, your friends, your coworkers, your classmates. Monday, from hate to hope. On the back here, you can write down specific areas where you have seen hate in this world where you want to see reconciliation. Maybe there's something more personal for you, a hatred that you've been harboring in your heart towards a person or a people group, and you can write down, Father, heal my heart over this hatred. 
Tuesday, from sickness to health. Here you can write down people in your own life who you are praying for to receive God's physical healing touch over cancer, over chronic illness, over pain, over COVID. Wednesday, from brokenness to restoration. Perhaps you or someone in your life has experienced a deep brokenness. There's been abuse. There's been a divorce. There's been a job loss and it's left you or someone you know as broken. On Wednesday, we're praying brokenness would turn to restoration. Write that down, write down your prayer request. Thursday, this is one of my favorite ones this year. From apathy to action. From apathy to action. Perhaps God has been working on your heart in an area where he is asking you to get off the sidelines and get in the game. We cannot be all things to all people, but we can do something for someone. And maybe for you, there is an area that God wants to get you in the game. Friday, from empty to filled, talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. We are a church that believes in the power of the Holy Spirit. And for you or someone in your life, it's your prayer this year that there would be a filling of the Holy Spirit, a Holy Spirit empowerment to do things far greater than you could ever do on your own. We do not believe that the power of the Holy Spirit was just for the first followers of Christ. We believe the power of the Holy Spirit is for, day, for today and it's for you. Some of you, as we pray over these things this week, you are gonna see answers this week. There will be things that will not be answered this week. I encourage you, tuck this in your Bible. And I believe over the course of this year, you will start to see one by one, God answering the prayers that you are writing down today, this first Sunday of the year 2021. Some of you have already started to write some things down. Others, you'll wanna write more things down when you get home today. Just symbolically, to show that we're going to pray over these areas this week, would you just hold this sheet of paper right now in your hands? And let's begin to lift up these requests. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Wow. Thank you for this confidence that was shared by this man with a unique position of authority, John. John is one of very few people on this earth who knew what it was like to be able to speak to your son, Jesus, face to face and speak to Jesus in prayer. And after decades of speaking to Jesus in prayer, we're thankful, Father, that John writes that he is confident that Jesus is still listening and still acting when we speak to you, our Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, this week, 
We believe not because of who we are or how we formulate words or put together sentences. We don't believe there's a magic formula to prayer. We believe because of who you are that we are going to see you lead people who are lost to salvation in Christ. We believe this week you're going to heal hate and prejudice that exists in our hearts, in our cities, in our country. Father, we believe that this week there's going to be tangible movement of those who have received a diagnosis, those who have a chronic illness. We believe we're gonna see people move from sickness to health. We believe that we're gonna see a movement from brokenness to restoration, apathy to action, Holy Spirit empty to Holy Spirit filled, doubt to faith. Father, we believe you are already working in situations that have been written down today. Father, we believe that you are already working on an answer. And in many cases, the answer will be far better than what we even ask for. Thank you in advance for the testimonies that we are going to get to experience in 2021. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.